Percy, what say you about those who function in the midst of chaos and uncertainty? I'm thinking of our first responders in particular. Well, yeah, those are special kind of unique people, right? They're wired very differently. And so to that, Wayne, I simply say this. Uh, one must be born, uh, I think, wired and naturally inclined emotionally to function on a high level, you know, day to day under those types of circumstances. And perhaps mm -hmm. we can unpack this type of gift or calling, if you will, uh, with today's conversation upon a particular life of an individual that we're going to talk to. Yeah, let's do that. We'll listen to one such person who has described himself as that person with this type of high calling toward cancer patients every day. The following program is produced and sponsored by City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. And welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Our host is Reverend Percy McRae, National Director of Specialized Outreach at City of Hope. And Percy, it's always good to be with you. I'm looking forward to you and our guests coming up today. It's good to be here with you, my friend. Thank you so much. Yeah, let's, uh, let's set up the topic. We're going to have a guest join us in a few minutes, but what's the topic now? Yeah, the topic is going to be kind of interesting, and that is uh, my childhood sickness planted a seed for healthcare ministry. And that's going to give us an idea of what is the driver for the individual that we're going to talk to, a chaplain, mm -hmm. with regard to his work that he does with cancer patients every day. Yeah. Uh, and since Cancer Treatment Centers of America and City of Hope have come together, uh, you recently met this man, right? Well, he's now a new colleague of mine from the West Coast team of City of Hope. We are now City of Hope, our new sponsor uh, for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. And so um, our teams have converged together. And so the regional teams at Chicago and Arizona and Atlanta uh, have been engaged and introduced with the West Coast team uh, in California. And this is one of the staff chaplains on the West Coast team because we now are serving more patients. We have the ability, Wayne, to uh, reach more people throughout the United States uh, with this merge and with this uh, combination of, of forces. And one of the great introductions that have come out of that is uh, Chaplain Jonathan Stoner. And we're going to have a conversation with him today to hear his heart and his passion uh, with regard to serving cancer patients. Yeah, really looking forward to this. I am. All right. Now, uh, we've been asking listeners to send us comments and even questions. And it's fun to hear from people all over the country. I'm just looking down through the list of uh, where these are coming from. And literally, they're all over America, aren't they? We're, you have a comment in front of you from what, West Virginia? Yeah, I do. Waverly, West Virginia. We're so excited at the fact that this show reaches so many people across the United States. And with that, here is uh, a comment uh, that we received from Waverly, West Virginia. And it says, I am so excited to see this podcast. Well, we appreciate that. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, I wanted to tell my story. I was diagnosed with stage four cancer and in four treatments four, it was all gone. Praise wow. God. Yeah. I'm now five years cancer free. Amen. And thank you. Wow. What a testimony. Yeah. That's right? what we say. Amen. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we say, you, wow. Lord. Yes. Right. Well, again, if you have a comment, if you just want to share a story like that, maybe even a question that you would like uh, answered here in the program, a non-medical question, of course, we would uh, be happy to uh, entertain that. You can do that through our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on connect and a drop down menu will give you the chance to type in your comment or question there. So thank you, Waverly, West Virginia. 
Good to hear from you today. Hey, let's lead off with some scripture. Well, our spiritual nugget for today is found in Galatians, the sixth chapter, verse number two. And uh, very quickly, it says this, share each other's troubles and problems, and so obey our Lord's command. And we're going to hear uh, from an individual who is doing exactly that passionately and with commitment every day as he is helping to share the burdens of cancer patients at the bedside uh, while they're going through treatment and care. And uh, you're going to be inspired today. I promise you with that. We'll meet our guests in a moment. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider City of Hope with locations from coast to coast. Their team of more than 11,000 includes researchers, associates, scientists, doctors, nurses, allied health professionals, graduate students, fundraising specialists, marketing professionals, volunteers, and support staff, all united by their desire to find cures and save lives. City of Hope is dedicated to tailoring a combination of cancer treatments to the needs of each individual patient, from advanced genomic testing to state-of-the-art technologies and evidence-informed supportive care therapies that target cancer-related side effects. Comprehensive services are delivered by a team of cancer experts. Their national network also includes many clinical care locations, offering consultations and other medical services in a convenient outpatient setting. So visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about City of Hope or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. City of Hope uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. All right, let's meet this week's guest. Once again, here's our host. Well, hey, 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 it's me, Pastor P, and I am back, the Cancer Pastor. And as you know, we always talk about compelling conversations regarding cancer and cancer support, uh, people uh, living out their faith, utilizing their faith along with good medical treatment and care and what that means to them. And today, uh, I could not be more excited. Uh, I have a colleague and a constituent of mine's who's going to join us here today. His name is Chaplain Jonathan Stoner, and he is uh, one of the spiritual care support members uh, for City of Hope in Duarte, California. So my colleague from California out there on the West Coast, uh, I don't know if he'll appreciate this or not, but I'm going to call him my, my, my surfer chaplain, okay? Because I know they, <laughs> they utilize... We'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> Welcome to the show, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, Reverend McRae. It's really good to be on your show, and um, I'm really honored just to have been invited, and I really look forward to our um, conversation today. I'm really excited to see where it'll go. Well, good. Well, with that, you know, uh, this is a platform that talks about cancer and all things relevant to it, uh, mental, emotional, uh, you know, spiritual, physical. And uh, one of the things I wanted to do and the reason why I wanted to bring you on the show is Uh, As we are now, you know, working together and and colleagues, uh, I first wanted to really get a sense of, um, again, from your perspective uh, about who you are and and what really motivated you to become a chaplain. You know, I've been asked this question many times and particularly in a cancer oncology uh, environment. uh, Let's talk about who you are and how you became a chaplain and why are you a chaplain, my friend? Absolutely. Well, I'm sure my I'm sure my response to this question changes depending on 
who's asking or, you know, <laughs> time of life. You know, one of the things I share with my patients here at City of Hope is that I was hospitalized with a life-threatening illness when I was um, nine years old, actually. Okay. I had a, uh, I had a staph infection um, that was very serious, um, um, osteomyelitis, and it was um, in my bone marrow. Mm. And um, so they, you know, for, I think I was hospitalized probably for two to three weeks, and then I was at home recovering for probably six months, I think. Okay. And, um, and so th to go through that as a young child um, was really impactful for me um, because, you know, my parents, I was the oldest of a family of five, mm. uh, five children. And, um, you know, my parents were, were busy, you know, with work and with taking care of the kids at home. So a lot of my memories of, of that experience of being hospitalized was being in the hospital overnight as a little kid in a room by myself hmm. and just how scary that was as a child to have that experience of waking up, you know, um, sometimes my mom would be there, but other times I would wake up and I wouldn't see anybody in the room. And, and it was just, you know, as a little kid, it just, it was scary for me. And, and I think, um, there were nurses um, and there were different caregivers that I really connected with. I don't know that I ever met with a chaplain, surprisingly enough, but <laughs> I, I, I had a child life um, staff person that really became my buddy while mm. I was there in the hospital. Okay. And I think the the impact that he had in my life is that, you know, I have remembered him and remembered the role that he played in my life while I was this scared kid with this, you know, life-threatening illness. And I didn't know what the outcome would be. Yeah. And so there I am with all that uncertainty and that fear and, 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 and worry being away from my family, being away from my friends at school. Um, and I just, you know, to this day, I'm thankful to this man, his name, his name is Reese. And, um, actually my mom sent me a newspaper clipping in the mail recently because he just retired actually okay. after like 40, 40 years wow. working at a, a hospital in West Michigan where I grew up. So I think the seed must've been planted then. Yeah. And, um, cause I've oftentimes wondered, you know, why God allowed me to go through that experience. And, um, and I've even, you know, had mentors, you know, who, who have gone through difficult or challenging situations in life. Their, their, their counsel has been to ask God, okay, God, what do you want me to learn from this? Yeah. What, what are you trying to teach me? And so I think throughout my life, I've asked that question, that, that question of the Lord. And um, I think when it comes to my experience being hospitalized, um, that really planted a seed. And then I think there were situations that happened after that. Like there's an, another one that comes to mind that was... Um, my parents were short-term missionaries in Spain. Oh, okay. And, um, and so we were there in the summer of 1992, and they were working at the World's Fair, um, and they were doing um, outreach, like evangelism, basically, mm -hmm. at the World's Fair. Mm -hmm. And um, and I remember in Spain seeing a lot of people, um, like like unhoused people, um, you know, begging for, for, for food mm -hmm. or for money. Mm -hmm. um, and I, there was this one individual I remember seeing outside of a department store who um, both of his legs were cut off at the knee. Wow. And he was outside of the department store. Um, he had long hair and a big beard. Mm. And, he, and he was very gaunt. And, um, and, he, and he just had this face that was just so calm. And so there was something really inviting about his face and really intriguing. And, and for me, I felt like I was seeing Jesus there on the sidewalk, mm. you know, asking, asking for help. 
And I remember going into the department store with my with my parents and just crying and just saying, you know, there's this man out there that that needs our help. And um, wow. <laughs> and I just think in my head, I was just thinking, you know, what if that's Jesus? What if that's you know, what if that's him? And he needs our he needs our assistance. Mm, mm. And it was only years later that I heard the Mother Teresa quote about you know um, that we you know that we see Jesus everywhere in 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 his in his most distressing disguises, and that we should you know pray for the eyes to see. Christ um, all around us in in uh, in in the faces of our patients, in the faces of the poor, in the right. faces of the sick, um, and uh, so yeah. So I think um, early on there was a seed that was planted for me, and um, and as I got older, um, I, I kind of was listening to the advice of my. Um, the advice, the counsel of my parents, my my family, my friends, and um, when I was, um, I, had, I had done Youth with a Mission. I don't know if you're familiar with Youth with a Mission. Oh yeah. But I had I had been a part of Youth with a Mission for like five years, and um, when I came back to the states after living in East Africa, living in Hawaii, mm. living in Ireland, living in different parts of the world, um, I was really curious about what was next for my life. And, um, I had learned about hospital chaplaincy through, um, some friends of mine in West Michigan. And I remember sitting down with a pastor who was a friend of my dad's and him, you know, recommending, Hey, Mio, maybe you should sit down and talk with a chaplain or talk with a spiritual care director at a local right. hospital and find out more about what this field is and, and maybe how, how you could get trained to serve in, in this, in this field. Okay. And I remember, I remember sitting down talking with the, the director, the spiritual care director of a local Catholic hospital and the path that she laid out for me was so daunting because mm. she basically said, you need to go to college. You need to go to seminary. You mm. need to get your MDiv, mm. you know, you need to do CPE, you know, all these, um, all these different things that I would need to do in right. terms of training. And I was like, doing the math in my head. And I was thinking, gosh, that would be like mm. 10, 12 <laughs> years. And for me as like a guy in his mid twenties, I was thinking, gosh, could I, could I sign up for that kind of a long journey? Right. And now, you know, looking back, I, I look back and I say, okay, you know, I did it, you know, I did it over this long period of time, sure. but it was, it was really like this putting one foot in front of the other and what I think I heard a quote recently where it's like you put one foot in front of the other faithfully day after day, and then you look back and you see that you've scaled a mountain. And yeah. that's really how it feels about my experience of becoming a chaplain, <laughs> because it's, it, it was a, it was a, a walk of faith. It was a walk of obedience. It was a walk of, um, of discerning God's will and, and really just, um, asking the question continually, is this where you're calling me Lord, but yeah. also just having that um, response here I am, send me, right. if this is, if this is the field, if this is the path, this is where I want to be, this is where I want to go. And, um, and I think for me doing CPE after seminary, um, I went to Fuller seminary here in, in, um, in Pasadena. Mm -hmm. And I think after, after seminary doing CPE, I think within the second or third week of doing CPE and then being doing the, the clinical hours, being out on the units, being in the ICU, um, being on the oncology unit, uh, being in the ER. I just, I, I just fell in love and I just felt like I know why I'm, why I'm here on earth. Like yeah. I know that I'm meant to be a, a spiritual care provider in the context of the chaos of the uncertainty of the, of these really urgent emergent situations that are really scary for 
pretty much everyone involved. But I think I realized what my role was, was to be a person who would bring peace, who would bring calm, who would, who would hopefully be Christ's hands and feet in the midst of these really scary situations. And so bringing light, bringing love, bringing, um, you know, a pastoral presence into the midst of these really scary situations in the hospital, I just felt like it was so rewarding for me and it was so meaningful. Mm -hmm. And, and then, and I, and I didn't have the fear that a lot of other people talk about when they talk about seeing like an operation happening or, right. or being there when someone's dying. For me, I didn't have that fear around blood or around death. And so I was like, okay, Lord, apparently you've been preparing me yeah. all these years right. to serve in this capacity. And I, and I think even to this day, I still tell my wife and other friends that I feel so fortunate to get to do something that is so meaningful that also feels like I'm tailor-made to do. And, and that's, it's something that it's, I just, I love going to work every day and not everybody has that. So I'm a, I'm a very grateful, a grateful man. Yeah. It's interesting. There's a couple of things that I, I extrapolate from that. Number one is the fact that first of all, you come from a family of ministry and, and, and service, uh, you know, to the less fortunate. And uh, so it's, that's just kind of, that's just in your bloodstream, obviously. And then I've also, and I'm, because I, I often respond the same way. I just did an earlier interview today. I probably do two interviews a week with, with other podcasters or outlets who who want to talk to me about what I do and why I do it, which is the same work that that you do. I'm not at the bedside any longer. You know, I did that for 18, 19 years. But oh, wow. again, you have to be called for that. You know, you have to be uh, that. That's that's a calling that that comes from from above before I think you ever enter into your mother's womb. Uh, tell people all the time, you don't want me to do your taxes. I'm a terrible uh, accountant. But at the end of the day, uh, wired, uh, as you said, and, and structured for this type of work. And thank God for you and thank God for your ministry. Uh, how long have you been at City of Hope? Do you mind me asking, my friend? Yeah. So I started at City of Hope um, June of 2021. Um, okay. And before here, I was at... Um, I was at Dignity Health at Glendale Memorial Hospital, and then before that, I was I did my CPE, and I also worked full time at Providence Holy Cross yeah. um, in Mission Hills, okay. which is a it's a tier two trauma center, and so that's really where I got my feet wet and really it was a trial by fire, but it was great great training. With that being said, let's talk about working with the oncology community. What has supporting cancer patients taught you? Yeah. Um, well, you know, another thing about me is that cancer runs in my family. Ah. Um, my uh, my grandfather died of cancer. My uncle died of cancer. Another uncle died of cancer. Um, and so I think growing up, you know, hearing about my mom's two brothers and then hearing about her father, I think I just had a, I think I had a fear of like, oh, this could, this could happen to me. This mm. could happen to one of my siblings. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think the way I'm wired is that instead of like running away from whatever I'm afraid of or whatever mm-hmm. I fear could happen, I run towards it. And, okay. um, and so I think being here at City of Hope has been um, a way for me to, to face that fear on a daily basis. I think one of the things that we learn in this work is that life is precious. Mm. Life is fleeting, yeah. uh, but it's, but it's very good. And the gift of life, it's a gift. It's a gift through and through. And, and I know that oftentimes we don't appreciate 
the time that we've been given. We don't appreciate um, our life circumstances. You know, there's so much that we have to be grateful for, but there's so much that we take for granted when we're healthy and when the sun's shining and, mm. and when everything's going good in our lives. And I think for me, um, working here at City of Hope, there's this constant reminder of, you know, don't take this breath for granted. Don't take this relationship for granted. Don't take this moment for granted. Um, you know, and just this, um, this, these daily reminders of just the interconnectedness between human beings and also the interconnectedness between all living things. Yeah. And there's just this sense of, um, we are a part of, uh, a human family. We are a part of, um, this universe we are a part of this earth and and just there's the and there's there's this constant refrain in my prayers in my ministry here that um that it is good yeah that for me as an outsider i'm like i i can't speak for god but i don't like what's happening to you mm -hmm. and i think we can recognize that what's happening to you is is sad it's it's painful it's brutal it's um it's something that doesn't make sense to to me um as a as a human being and as someone who 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 is concerned for you and cares for you um but there's been people that i've seen go through this experience with such grace oh my goodness. with such compassion yeah. and 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 even even um even like compassion and love and kindness for their caregivers. Like there was one patient that I had recently. Um, she was in her mid twenties. Um, she had just started her dream job. She was, um, had just recently gotten engaged mm -hmm. and, um, and she had a terminal cancer diagnosis and she was honestly, um, one of the most kind, gentle, empathic, just one of the best patients I've ever had. And one of the best patients that all the providers who cared for her had ever had. Okay. And, um, and after this young woman passed away, her mom uh, reached out and we had a conversation on the phone after this young woman passed away. And, um, and she shared with me a letter that her daughter had written to her. Basically, I think it was either after a church retreat or maybe it was an event at school because this this young woman had gone to a catholic school and so there was there was some chapel service or something that she had gone to where she just said um that it reminded her that she wanted to be a better person that mm. she wanted to lit to live a life of holiness a life of service to others and that she um she just said you know that she wanted to work on being more kind, being more tolerant, being more accepting, being more loving. And her mom was just saying like, here's this woman who already embodies all these things, all these virtues, mm. all these qualities. And yet she still was not done doing the work, not done doing the work of <laughs> wanting to be better and, and, be to, and to, and to make a difference, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and to, and to really honor, honor God and, and to serve God and, and to serve and to love others, you know? And, and so that was inspiring to me because I thought, here's this woman that I met who I was really inspired by, who's significantly younger than I am, mm -hmm. but who's, but who's going through this experience and, 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 and experiencing, a, um, a, a situation that feels unjust and unfair. And yeah. it's like, okay, God, why, why this young woman, you know, she's lovely. She's yeah. kind. She's, she's doing good things in the world. You know, why her? Right. And I think right. I hear that refrain from a lot of, um, 
my patients' family members is that there's this question of why God? Why why do you why do you allow this to happen? You know, where are you in the midst of this? And, and I on think one the, of the and that's that's I want to put a period right there, Jonathan. Yeah, please do. Because what I want to do with you, and again, our our time, because I can talk to you all day. Is, I want to. I want to do a part two to this. I want to do a follow up on this because, and I want to, and that's where I want to take the conversation is uh, why spiritual support is important in a healthcare setting and talk about the dynamics of that. Uh, but with that, we're going to close here, and I want everyone to stay tuned. Uh, and for next week, Jonathan's going to come back, and we're going to hear more about uh, the why. Because that's the big question that is asked of cancer patients and their caregivers. Uh, why now? Why me? Uh, what next? Et cetera, et cetera. And this then begins to help us understand uh, the profound importance of being able to receive and provide spiritual support. And then we're going to talk about what does that look like? Because everyone's sense of spirituality, as you well know, Jonathan, uh, gets expressed very differently. Everybody does not necessarily have the same spiritual pathway, a belief system, and et cetera. And yet the the common denominator of people digging deep and asking questions that calls upon the divine uh, becomes so crucial and so important. And we're going to talk about that in our next conversation. But right now, uh, what I want to do is we're going to stop here. This has been uh, my colleague, my friend, my constituent, uh, Chaplain Jonathan Stoner, uh, who works out of City of Hope in Duarte, California. Uh, we are colleagues and constituents now. Uh, as those of you who have been listening to us over the years know that uh, CTCA, Cancer Treatment Centers of America, uh, is and was the sponsor of this show. And we are now City of Hope. Uh, and so we are working together. We have expanded. We have grown uh, we are now able to serve and see more patients across the board, and I cannot be more thrilled and excited uh, to be able to work with this wonderful man of God whose heart is full of compassion, uh, reaching out and providing support to those at the bedside every day. And so we're going to come back and uh, follow up with this conversation and continue with Chaplain Jonathan Stoner. Thank you so much, my friend, for being with us today. Thank you, Reverend McCray. And then we're going to pick up and we're going to continue to talk more from here. You have been listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Don't go anywhere. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. God bless. Yes, as Percy mentioned, Jonathan Stoner will be back with us again next week on this podcast, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. And we certainly invite you back for that episode next time. Learn more about this, man. I'm I'm uh, fascinated. We'll talk more with Percy about him in just a moment. We are excited to announce that Health, Hope, and Inspiration and Abide Meditations have teamed up to make a premium subscription of Abide's mobile app free to the Health, Hope, and Inspiration community. Abide makes Bible meditations delightful. You can learn to meditate in five minutes a day. Rest peacefully with Abide's Bible-based sleep stories. Text HHI to 22433 for your free subscription. You can quiet your mind and relax your body. Text HHI to 22433. Once again, HHI to 22433. And we believe, we know you will be blessed and encouraged. Well, that was part one of your interview with Jonathan Stoner, the chaplain there, your new colleague, as you said, Percy, and it was great to meet him today. I am so excited about uh, this new relationship. Uh, he is a chaplain, and uh, but his backstory, his background, 
of how he became a chaplain to me was just fascinating. He had ministry, as I said, in his bloodline, you know, his his mom and his dad were uh, short-term missionaries, and then he did some mission work himself. Uh, and of course, you know, the fact that he was inspired and motivated uh, about hospital work as a result of a childhood sickness, that something in that environment just right. kind of left an indelible mark with him. Uh, this is an amazing human being, and I'm really privileged to be able to call him my colleague. Yeah, as I listened to you and, and heard him share all that, I'm thinking to myself, this guy didn't stand a chance. I mean, <laughs> his course was set for him. <laughs> yeah, he was going to be in the ministry one way or the other, right? <laughs> you know, but what was also interesting is the fact, and again, you know, Wayne, based upon the work that you and I have been doing, and again, let me say publicly, thank you for for being my partner and my compadre. Oh, wouldn't miss uh, it. Thank you. Yeah, on 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 what we're doing in this platform is the fact that. You know, he also has had a history of cancer in his family with his, uh, I think mm -hmm. his grandfather, he said, and two uncles yeah. who passed away from cancer. So I could see also the connection, if you will, uh, because he's been impacted, as most of us have one way or the other, but on a very deep and visceral level that, yeah, there, there it seemed to be pretty clear the direction he probably was going to be headed in from a ministerial right. perspective. Well, you've been there. Uh, <laughs> the, you you were a hospital chaplain yourself with, uh, with the organization, so you had a lot in common with him. Yeah, absolutely. I was at the bedside of patients for 18 years, you know, and uh, when we first met each other, we, we kind of shared our backstories. And when I told him that, he was like, wow, that was really a long time. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, we I certainly understand the heartbeat and and the, uh, you know, the dynamic of, of who chaplains are and chaplaincy and the work of it. And as I've often said, and I will continue to say with no disrespect to uh, you know, being a pastor inside of a local church, it's a very different type of ministry. Mm -hmm. It's a very different type of calling. And I think a very different skill set yeah. with regard to understanding that that environment. Well, you're meeting people in crisis every day. And you're meeting people that are not necessarily of your same uh, social, political, cultural, and or theological ilk, right? True, true. So yeah. you're, you're, you're having to be very adaptable. Uh, and, and meet people where they are and understand them and be able to kind of, uh, you know, transition in and out of those different dynamics to be genuine and authentic to them in a way that they feel like that that they've connected with you and that you've connected with them and you're respecting their theological or religious orientation and, and being able to feel like that they're being served authentically. And so there's a there's a shifting that has to take place. Uh, in a chaplaincy, you know, dynamic, pastors typically are standing in front of a certain group of people uh, that kind of fit a certain mold, if you will, and and so on and so forth. Inside of a local hospital, you know, you it's a mixed bag of who you're talking to from day to day, and you have to be able to be adaptable to that to that audience accordingly. Yeah. Well, now that we're City of Hope, um, you've got a lot of new colleagues. I, I'm sure we'll be meeting some of them in the future here. Is that your plan? That is exactly correct. Uh, I've, I've, as I've been on the discovery of uh, being introduced to uh, all of my constituents on the West Coast, uh, I've had the opportunity to introduce them to this platform, and several of them have reached out and said, I, I would love to be able to share what I do here and, and share, you know, some aspects of what my faith is and how that works together. So yes, yeah, stay tuned. We will be hearing uh, from my, my new constituents off of the West Coast, and I am so excited uh, to bring them to this platform. 
And once again, next time, Jonathan Stoner, part two here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Hey, before we leave today, let's mention the resources we have available at our website. We feature a different one each week, but there are many of them there online. Uh, this week, we're featuring emotional needs of cancer patients. This fits right in with the two of you as hospital chaplains, doesn't it? Absolutely. Because again, cancer patients are not just, you know, uh, just sitting there being treated, you know, from a disease perspective, there's a mental, there's an emotional. And again, as we've, uh, you know, preference this conversation, there's a spiritual component to them. And so understanding and being able to kind of uh, be mindful of their emotional needs and how to support that accordingly becomes a very important skill set that everyone should have some introduction to. And so this particular resource uh, which is free and, and and can be downloaded and shared with anyone will help give uh, anybody a sense of understanding some of those emotional dynamics that if we're going to support cancer patients and, and, and accompany them on their journey, uh, we need to tap into and understand some of the emotions that, that they're, you know, they're experiencing and how mm -hmm. can we support them accordingly through that uh, utilize this document. It'll help many uh, at least be introduced to that school of thought so that you're not just kind of, kind of floundering around out there and not uh, aware of those dynamics that are at play. Well, we're making this available to anyone who's listening today, free of charge, of course. You can access it right now. You don't need to wait for it to come in the mail. You can go online to healthhopeandinspiration.com, four words, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and click on the resource, Emotional Needs of Cancer Patients. You can download it, print it out, and share it with others as well if you find that helpful. Well, thank you, Percy. Um, now that uh, we had the context of meeting Jonathan today and hearing a bit of his story, I think the scripture you read earlier means even more to us. Absolutely. And so we'll close as we began with this spiritual nugget, Galatians 6, chap uh, chapter 6, verse 2. And it says this, share each other's troubles and problems. And one of the things that uh, Chaplain Jonathan made very clear is that he said that he knew he was meant to be a spiritual care provider in the context of chaos and uncertainty and that, you know, he was there to bring peace and help people with calm. Well, that's what this scripture is talking about. Share each other's troubles and, and their burdens and their problems. And, and by doing so, we are obeying our Lord's command. So we're commanded to be there and be available. And this uh, wonderful human being is certainly doing his part every day uh, at uh, City of Hope in California, and I could not be more privileged and honored uh, to bring him to us and introduce him to our audience today. And thank you, uh, Chaplain Jonathan, for the work and the team members that you have there that are doing every day from a spiritual care perspective. All right. Part two next time with Jonathan Stoner. Percy McRae, Reverend McRae, Reverend P, Pastor P, thank you, brother, for, uh, for bringing this to us today. Love you, man. And again, remember, folks, we've got work to do, so keep chopping the wood. And join us next time for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. Our hospitals in California, Georgia, Illinois, and Arizona are dedicated to making a difference in the lives of cancer patients. Our team of more than 11,000 includes researchers, associates, scientists, doctors, nurses, allied health professionals, 
graduate students, fundraising specialists, marketing professionals, and volunteers and support staff, all united by our desire to find cures and save lives. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialist about questions you may have about your treatment options. City of Hope is dedicated to tailoring a combination of cancer treatments to the needs of each individual patient. From advanced genomic testing to state-of-the-art technologies and evidence-informed supportive care therapies like spiritual support that target cancer-related side effects, comprehensive services are delivered by a team of cancer experts. Our national network also includes many clinical care locations, offering consultations and other medical services in a convenient outpatient setting. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.